Hello and welcome to episode 4 of Reduce, Reuse, Reblog. I'm Alice, your host for season 1 of the show. And in this episode, we're going to be looking at how zero waste charities and organisations are using social media to help raise awareness and educate people on the movement. Later on in the show, we will also be having an exciting conversation with the campaign manager of Love Not Landfill, a not-for-profit organisation aiming to reduce the amount of fast fashion going into landfill. And if you've missed any of the previous episodes of Reduce, Reuse, Vlog, feel free to go back and catch up on them. There are lots of zero-waste charities and not-for-profit organisations who need to work really hard to promote their missions and beliefs to help encourage other people to join the cause of being more zero-waste. However, how effective, in general, are charities and not-for-profit organisations at using popular platforms on social media to promote their cause? In the last episode, and on social media... I asked if you thought charities were currently making the most of social media. Natasha got in touch and said that she thinks it is unlikely that charities are making the most of social media as she often has to search for the charity pages. She believes that charities need to branch out more with their social media, advertising and develop it so that people who don't have much to do with charities can at least be made aware of different ones out there. Similarly, Caleb got in touch and said that most charities don't take advantage of marketing. In contrast, Diego believes that charities only think of social media as a marketing tool, while others, such as companies, artists and influencers, use it more like a communication tool. This means that they have strategies to convince you to participate and then spread the idea. An example Diego gave was when influencers gave a challenge and people went to certain places and cleaned up an area. This meant that the influencers gained popularity and the planet got cleaned. He said these actions and initiatives work much better than a charity saying, don't do that or do this instead. Lastly, Simran got in touch and said that charities struggle with being able to target people correctly particularly when it comes to targeting a demographic which will respond to their mission. She personally only sees charities being advertised to her when she directly looks them up, which is similar to Natasha's experience. Thank you so much to everyone who responded with their thoughts, and later in the show, our guest from Love Not Landfill is going to share some of the very effective ways that they are using social media to spread their message. Social media is interwoven into nearly every aspect of our lives. In the Reduce, Reuse, Reblog podcast survey, I discovered that 99% of participants use social media and that 69% of those people use social media for two hours or longer every single day. I must admit, I think this may have increased just a little bit since the lockdown begun. Therefore, there is no surprise that charities are trying to use social media more and more to help reach new audiences. Charities and not-for-profit organisations use social media to inspire audiences to take action in real life. For example, by encouraging fundraising or writing and petitioning to governmental bodies. Social media allows them to be more reactive while reaching their goals and it allows audiences to respond to charities and share their opinions and experiences. There are also some negatives for charities trying to use social media to promote their causes. 
as very few charities ever go viral. It is also expensive for charities to use social media to promote their causes as they are having to pay for the full advertising prices to be on these platforms. We are going to hear now from Hannah Carter, the campaign manager of Love Not Landville, a London-based not-for-profit campaign trying to encourage young people to embrace second-hand fashion and reduce the amount of fast fashion they are sending to landfill. Hi Hannah and welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. So you are the campaign manager at Love Not Landfill based in London. Yes, we are a campaign run by London Waste and Recycling Board, which is a not-for-profit. Actually, London Waste and Recycling Board is an organisation that is a partnership of the Mayor of London and the London Boroughs to improve waste and resource management. So, yeah, Love Not Landfill itself is not a charity. Any funds that we do raise go back into keeping our activity going. But, yeah, we're run by London Waste and Recycling Board. So could you tell us a bit of the history behind Love Not Landfill? When did it start? How did it start? Yes. So we were originally part of something called the European Clothing Action Plan. And this is devised by RAP, which is the Waste Resources Action Programme. Sorry, there's a lot of acronyms in this. And they basically came up with this European-wide project that had different action areas that were linked to the whole circular supply chain of clothing. So from design through to making, through to buying, consumer use, waste, recycling, all the whole circle um, that, that a, a piece of clothing can go through. And we were given the project which was talking to specifically young consumers and we wanted to, we were tasked with changing their behaviour and how they buy, care for and dispose of clothing. So this, this project, so our campaign was funded partly by London Waste and Re- Recycling Board and partly by the European Union. So that was how Love Not Landfill came into being. So what is the problem with how people are treating clothing at the moment? Well, they're treating them... Not, not everybody, obviously, but a lot of people are treating clothing as almost a disposable item. And this comes from the, the clothing and textile industry that has operated on what they call a linear economy. So basically make, use, dispose. So as we know, we've got a massive problem with climate change. We're using up more of the world's resources than, than can be replenished. And so we have to change these kinds of industries. And part of what London Waste and Recycling Board is doing is trying to turn London into a low-carbon circular city. So everything that Love Not Landfill does is working with that in mind. So we're trying to change people's behaviour with clothing to reduce waste and increase increase recycling. So what needs to change is that fashion brands need to start to look at circular ways of making clothing so recapturing clothing once it's been used by by somebody and uh, turning it into something else hopefully more clothing if it's good enough quality and just keeping clothes in a, in a circular loop so that that's what the problem is at the moment is that it's this design by use dispose model and that just can't continue the planet can't keep up with it mm. 
So why did you decide to work for Love Not Landfill? Well, I was starting to get into um, sustainable fashion from sort of other directions. I'd worked in PR before and um, took a break to have children and then came back to it. What happened was I was living in Amsterdam at the time, two very young children, and I was um, printing some kitchen blinds with a wood block. And I had more paint left over than I had set paint left over and this block. And I thought, I think this pattern would look nice on one of my kids' tops. So I got a few of their T-shirts and started printing them and thought, it looks really nice. So then I started to think, this is, I was at the time looking for something to get into, something to start doing and wanted to be a bit creative. always loved clothes and textiles. And so I then decided to look into doing this as a business. And I couldn't find, I didn't have enough money to buy the 1,000 pieces of organic Indian cotton that I wanted. And so I started to look around and I found these raggers, which are these companies that were selling effectively high street dead stock. And I was looking on these websites thinking, this is nuts. This is brand new, still in the packaging, clothing. And I was just looking for plain t-shirts, like kids' clothes. I could only buy a little bit of it. But whilst I was probably, I was buying a tiny, tiny percentage of what was there, there were dresses for every high street brand you could think of, dresses, trousers, tops, menswear, womenswear, kidswear, absolutely hundreds of thousands of pieces of things that were being sold off at a fraction of the price of, of their, their, high, their value in the shop. And I started to dig a bit deeper and started to just get really, really outraged with what the waste that was going on here and that was the beginning of it and so I started making my my kids clothing range and selling it in markets and things in Amsterdam but I started doing it on the basis of trying to reduce waste and I found stats that 30% of clothing of brand new clothing is never worn and yeah and just knew about this mountain of dead stock that was just going to waste and uh, so yeah it just got really fed up with the whole thing and I started to look into and go to events and sell my my clothes in ethical shops and that's where it started and then like we moved back to the UK and I started to I did a sustainable fashion course so I learned a lot more about how it works in business and then in the process came across the option of, of running this campaign so yeah went to the job and got it which was great. And as your role as a campaign manager what is kind of your day-to-day activities um so day to day let's think so i mean it's changed a lot in the last sort of it'll be coming up to two years since we launched so it depends what's happening at the time obviously at the current times it's um we sadly we had two events that we were planning at the end of april and another end of may we're hoping end of may might still happen but the, um, the two April events have been postponed, so we were planning for those. Um, so we get a lot of approaches from um, people doing various things around sustainable fashion, some of which we can do, some of which we can't. I'm essentially part-time running the campaign, and I have my colleague Olivia, who has a little bit of time to help me on it. She's generally running the social media side of things, so that's, that's her kind of role is creating content and looking around for what's going on. Um, we're running our clothes bank. So we have um, 
for 20 banks out across London. So we have to keep an eye on those and work with our textile recycling partner on keeping them running well and looking for new locations if we want to move them and that kind of thing. And, yeah, just constantly talking to, to lots of people. So, yeah, I'm just thinking calls today. Yeah, new projects coming up. So there's a lot of planning at the moment, actually. We're, we've moved into a new phase because the ECAP project finished December. So now we are self-funded. So we need to kind of adjust the campaign going forward so we can bring in some funding to keep ourselves going and also we're going to be approaching various partners some brands and some other potential funders who who can maybe help us with some really cool campaign ideas we've got for later in the year Hmm. so i actually found out about love not landfill through a youtube video where an influencer that i watched was doing a collaboration with like the pop-up shops you were hosting at the time oh great yeah how is love not landfill using social media to kind of reach people so in various ways our instagram is our most active channel so we're constantly sort of connecting with with other sustainable fashion um sort of influencers and YouTube is another one. YouTube tends to come when we when we are working with an influencer, particularly, and we've done that. Our, our model for our pop ups has been that we we partner with a chari- with with four charities was the last one, um, and we find influencers who who basically reflect the diversity of our audience. So we know that we have people who are really into sustainable fashion and are doing lots of other things in their lives that are about to help prevent climate change and recycling and, and all kinds of things. So we have those those guys who are following us and are really vocal about what we do, which is brilliant. We love them. And then we have another group who are starting to you know, look at the options for them and how they can change their behaviour to help reduce the impact of climate change. And so... We're hoping to get them on board and interest them in a lot of what we're doing. So we have influencers that are working in those kind of ways. And then we have the, the group who are are still sort of using fashion as a disposable, you know, clothes as disposable, and they're not really considering that climate change is affected by fashion and their behaviour and how they buy their clothes and look after them. And we want to get to them too because they're, they're the group that we're hoping we can kind of tell them a bit about what's happening and that they'll think they, they just need some ways to act and, and that they will. they will. So we find influencers who are doing a lot of maybe hauls or um, that kind of thing, working with, with fast fashion brands and encouraging more consumption. And we try and say to them, do you want to try doing something a bit different and see if they'll come on board? And they do. And that's brilliant. So then we reach an audience that, that hasn't maybe connected with us before. So that that's kind of our, our mission a little bit on social. And, yeah, we're going to be picking that up a lot more, especially as um, I just heard this morning Instagram traffic is up by 100% or something, something enormous. Oh, wow. As people, as people are, are isolating and staying in, obviously, their social media um, habits are just increasing it. So we want to, you know, give all those people that, sitting at home and, and on their on their screens giving them a bit more content to look at basically mm. um so social media is often a place full of like brand deals advertising promoting consumerism especially with things like fashion and beauty 
How does Love Not Landfill deciding to use social media and how are they kind of fitting in where you're so different to those values of buy more, get that here, etc.? Well, we just kind of try and turn it on its head a bit, really. And um, and there's loads of ways that social media can actually promote less consumption, I think. So we we did one um, last um, last year, was it? Yes, last year for Fashion Revolution Week, we did something called a D-Haul. So the opposite of doing a haul, basically. So instead of showing what you've bought, you go through your wardrobe and take out what you don't wear and talk about why and it was really interesting to get we, we partnered with a few influencers to do something on it and it was so interesting for, for them they were going through their wardrobes going i don't know why this is here i haven't worn this for, for like two years and and trying to go would it go with that would it go with that and, and it was just a really cool exercise basically and so they did this and did these really good videos and um and then we we got them to come actually physically down to one of our clothes banks at Spitalfields Market in East London and um and they could meet some followers do some swapping and stuff like that so so that that was one of our ways of using social media to actually reduce consumption and we want to actually we're going to bring that back now everyone's you know a lot of people are at home it's the perfect time to to sit in front of your wardrobe try it all on see if you can revive anything and if not put it in one of your suitcases which you're not using because you can't go on holiday <laughs> and um, store it all under the bed until until we're all free to go and recycle so yeah I think we've, we've found ways of, of using content to reduce consumption because the act of looking on social media itself isn't isn't buying something necessarily but, I mean, it's, it's difficult. It is difficult. And I see your point. So, yeah, we're just trying to do the opposite, basically. Mm. It's fun and interesting. I think I definitely need to do one of those D-Halls. Yeah, I'm going to do one. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, do you think social media has kind of been one of the main factors of helping you raise awareness, especially to that group you mentioned earlier who aren't really interested in sustainability at the moment or don't know much? Yeah, definitely. There's there's a challenge there because with... with um, with anyone on social media you can very much define what you see and what on your feed effectively so you continue to follow the people that do the same things as you and um and that just sort of reiterates the habits and one thing they say is that you should sort of follow and engage with people that are doing almost the opposite just to kind of broaden horizons but people don't tend to do that and also you know you can your general life you can you see your feeds on your social channels and that's all curated for you and, and keep reinforcing the same messages. Then if you want to watch TV, you go straight to Netflix and choose your program. You don't just... And you can you can miss a lot of information, basically. So, so yeah, so the, those people that... If we can try and infiltrate, it's difficult to infiltrate them, but there's ways. By, by accessing influencers and, and getting them to do something a bit different, I think that's a good way to get to those people and infiltrate. And then... Obviously, our other groups—you just kind of throw it all out there, and, and people who are who are seeing, you know, are looking at the same hashtags that we're putting out will will pick it up. So, yeah, it's been absolutely vital to our campaign. We we did a survey in July last year as we were coming to the end of the the um, European Union funding. There was a survey done, and we found that. 32% of young people in London had heard of our campaign, which we're really, really happy about. But of them, it was 41% of those who've seen it on social media. 
And so almost a half of the people that knew about us knew about us from social. So, yeah, obviously, it's really, it's absolutely mm. the way forward for our campaign. That's amazing. And what is the response been to the campaign from people who have kind of found it and come and taken part? It's been really positive always. And, and that, that's one thing that we've done from day one. We're not we're not going to bash people around the head and tell them they've done bad things by buying lots of clothes in the past. We're just saying that there is a problem. We need to do something about it. And we, we offer them all the solutions, whether it's a really cool-looking clothes bank in Top Shop on Oxford Circus or or it's um, a pop-up shop that has literally the best second-hand clothes in London all in one place. So we hope that when people get involved with us, it's, it's a really happy experience. And they think, actually, this is okay. I can do something. And it's not going to be hard for me. And it's, I'm still going to look really nice and have great <laughs> clothes. And and I can recycle the stuff I don't want, and that's okay. It's not going to landfill. So, so we hopefully just make people feel good about it and start if they're not all already into all the recycling and sustainable living, then just start them on that on that journey a little bit, and they can do a bit or or a lot. It doesn't really matter. And what's been like the biggest achievement for Love Not Landfill since they started? Oh gosh, that's really hard. Um, I think that 32%, the fact that a third of young people in London have heard of us was massive because mm. we, we didn't dream that we would get that kind of awareness from, from what we've done. So that was huge. But also the, the pop-ups, and that, that's, that's kind of a personal thing, but me and, me and Olivia, when we, we get a pop-up going, there's a lot of work that goes into it. And when we open those doors, on the first day and we look around we really feel like we've done something pretty cool (laughs) that's one of our favorite that's an absolute favorite achievement and then we have four amazing days and having really good fun the workers from the charities the volunteers from the charities and people coming in and loving our clothes and you know making we made twenty three thousand pounds for the four charities last last november in that pop-up which was double what we've done the year before and so yeah that feels like a huge achievement definitely that's amazing well thank you so much for joining me on the show i have loved chatting with you that's a pleasure it's lovely to talk if you want to find out more about love not landfill then you can go follow them on twitter and instagram on at love not landfill find them on facebook at love not landfill or go to www.lovenotlandfill.org It is important to remember, like we mentioned in the last episode when talking about digital activism, that charities and not-for-profit organisations using social media will only make a difference if people actually do follow through and take action. With Love Not Landfill, you have influencers who are popular with young Londoners selecting second-hand clothing to go into pop-up shops, and then the influencer attending the event making the shopping experience great for us and therefore encouraging their audience to not only look at the post on their phone, but in person, go to the shop, attend the event and take part in the action. However, if we don't take on the message and start changing our shopping habits and adjusting how we get rid of clothes we no longer want, the impact of the movement won't be as great. 
In the next episode, we are going to be talking to the founder of a zero waste company to find out how they are using social media to help promote the work they are doing in supplying sustainable alternatives. If you'd like to be involved in the episode, let me know. What is the best reusable or sustainable product you have ever purchased? To find out more information about the series, this episode, or to see the survey results, go to www.reducereusereblog.com to get involved in the show and find out the latest updates, follow at reducereusereblog on Instagram.